Welcome everybody to Solid Ground. Um, our topic tonight is a very special topic. I really enjoyed studying it. Um, maybe we could all read the title together. It's a long one. Okay, ready, set, go. God's full salvation. Crossing the Red Sea of Baptism. Okay. So I just, actually, I just wanted to start by reading the Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the Bible. I'm just going to read a little bit in Exodus, Exodus chapter 14. This is where the children of Israel are, um, they've already gone through uh, the Passover, and they're they're now making their way out of Egypt. Uh, Pharaoh and his armies are behind them. So I'm just going to read so you can listen. This is Moses uh, speaking. Jehovah will fight for you, and you will be still. And Jehovah said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the children of Israel to move forward. And you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And I will now harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will go in after them. And I will glorify myself through Pharaoh and through all his armies. Though his chariots, or through his chariots, and through his horsemen, then the Egyptians will know that I am Jehovah, when I glorify myself through Pharaoh, through his chariots, and through his horsemen. Then the Egyptians pursued, and all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen, went in after them. This is while they're in the... In the Red Sea, the Lord had split it open. The children of Israel were passing through. Pharaoh and his horses and his chariots and his horsemen went in after them in the midst of the sea. And at the morning watch, Jehovah looked down upon the camp of the Egyptians from within the pillar of fire and of cloud and threw the camp of the Egyptians into confusion. And he caused their chariot wheels to swerve and made them drive with difficulty so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from Israel. For Jehovah is fighting for them against the Egyptians. And Jehovah said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the waters come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and over their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its level when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and Jehovah cast the Egyptians off into the midst of the sea. This is insane. Thus Jehovah saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And when Israel saw the great power which Jehovah exercised against the Egyptians, the people feared Jehovah and believed in Jehovah and in his servant Moses. So so we have a picture of, um, we have this, Last time it was, I think, Tom, he's, he talked about the children of Israel and what they went through was an example or a picture to us of a reality that we can experience in the New Testament in our lives today. And so we saw with the Passover, the children of Israel were inside the house and on the doorpost and on the lintels, lintel of the, of the door, there was blood that was applied. This is the blood of an unblemished lamb. They were inside the house eating the lamb. 
And uh, this signifies our salvation, our regeneration. We're redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. This is a picture. It's a wonderful picture. So now we have another picture uh, showing a reality to us that we can experience in our Christian life today. So I'd like to just read a little bit to you um, these points. Although the Passover was adequate to save the children of Israel from God's judgment, it was not effective to rescue them from the usurpation of the Egyptians. Last time we heard that the Egyptians were in slavery for over 400 years. So what did they need? They needed to get out of Egypt. Jehovah wanted to get them out of Egypt so that they could have a feast unto Jehovah and they could serve Jehovah. This was why the children of Israel um, needed to get out of of Egypt. It wasn't sufficient for them just to, to experience the Passover. They needed to flee out of Egypt, okay? So without the crossing of the Red Sea, there would have been no separating line. It would have been possible for them to return back to Egypt. Last time we saw that Egypt signifies the world to us in our Christian life. Um, there, is, there is a corrupt world that we are involved in. You just look at social media. I was, I was, um, I was actually looking at YouTube the other day, and I was just in myself, in, in, my, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, man, every single comment thread on a YouTube video, um, it always ends in uh, like, a, like a debate, just death. It's just a debate, like almost every single comment thread on YouTube videos. It's incredible. So we need a separation from the co- corrupt world today. So um, God has made, he has prepared for us in our, ex- our experience um, a way to be separated. And the picture is in Exodus. It's really phenomenal. It's awesome. Okay. So God prepared the Red Sea to serve as a baptistry for his chosen people. So do you think that the Red Sea was just uh, by chance? It was there uh, dividing Egypt from the wilderness. Uh, No, the Red Sea was placed and it was planned and prepared by God to give us a picture of the children of Israel as us as believers going through the Red Sea of baptism to be free to enjoy Christ as the real feast and to serve Christ in in our spirit. So the purpose and significance of the exodus of God's people from Egypt was that they would be sanctified to the Lord. And I want you to uh, circle or highlight, if you have a pen, circle, sanctified. And then the next sentence says, the purpose and significance of baptism is separation from the world and from the power of darkness. So circle the word separation and then draw a line from separation to sanctify. This word sanctified in Hebrew, which is uh, what the Old Testament was written in, means to, it means literally to set apart or consecrate. It's, uh, it's incredible. 
It's very simple. If I take my phone, and now I take my phone and I set it on this chair, uh, and this chair, let's say this chair is, is the Lord Jesus. It is now sanctified. <laughs> it's just set apart from this table. It went from here to here. That's sanctified. So this is what the Lord wanted to do with the children of Israel. And he wants to do this with us today. He wants to sanctify us. And actually, if you think about it, this root word, sanctify, what does it sound? It sounds like saint. Actually, the real saints are those who are being sanctified. So the saints, if you have been baptized in Christ, you are a saint. You're a saint. You're a sanctified one. So... This is the real meaning of, of sanctification. It just means to be separated unto God. Okay? So, in our experience, though, I just wanted to uh, speak a little to, you know, we hear about sanctification. It seems a little bit arbitrary. Uh, we see the picture in, uh, in Exodus of sanctification of the children of Israel going and being separated from Egypt and going to the, uh, to the wilderness, crossing the Red Sea. But um, what does it look like in our experience? Well, when I was in high school, um, I had a group of friends that I used to hang out with, and I had a couple of friends that played football. I had a couple of friends that played soccer. And I, I played be- baseball, and my best friend... We both tried out together, and he, he wasn't able to make it, but he was a sports-like enthusiast. He, he now works for The Fan. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Um, it's this sports broadcasting radio station, The Fan. So he's really into sports, but he could never, he never played. But uh, we all would get together as a group of friends and hang out and do stuff that, that uh, high schoolers would do, um, which is not always that sanctified. So um, one night, though, Colton, Colton invited me. This is my best friend, Colton. He invited me to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes event where I, yeah, Jaden knows about it. Okay, where I heard somebody speak to me. So Colton led me to this event, and our, you know, our group was there. Um, Colton led me there, and so I'm, I'm standing there, and there's this, there's this guy that got back from a mission trip. His, his name was Kyle. He uh, ran track, but he came back to speak about his experience. And I remember he spoke something about Christ and his cross. And it touched me to the uttermost. There was just a prick, like, in my heart. I, you know, I just had this consideration in that, in that uh, event and uh, there, was, there was just a moment where I began to consider all the things that I had been doing in high school. All my um, hanging out with this group, uh, pursuing baseball, pursuing... I, I was actually I was, I was playing percussion too, so I was doing that. And I was, you know, schoolwork. Um, hanging out with my, you know, those buddies and drinking certain beverages. Um, anyways, all that stuff was just, it amounted to nothing at that point. It was just, it's incredible. When he spoke Christ, there was, there was a response in me that I need to give my life to, to Christ. And so that night I, was, I got saved, 
And then immediately, because I was raised in a Christian family, um, um, I knew a little bit about baptism, but I didn't know too much. I didn't know what I know now, but um, there was a desire in me to be separated from what I was, I was doing in high school. You know, not so much be separated just like a monk, be a monk, you know, go out to the mountains of Colorado or whatever. I don't know where they go, actually. Um, Nepal or something. Anywho, it wasn't, it was just an inward sense, I need to be separated from the things that I was, I was involved in. And so that night, actually, I drove my little Honda Accord at the time, and I told Colton to get a ride with one of my buddies that was in that group. And I drove home, and I knocked on my, you know, knocked on my mom and dad's door, and I said, Dad, you know, there were some tears. This was really, you know, this is a monumental moment for me. And so uh, I'm knocking on my dad's, mom and dad's door, and I tell my dad, I want to be baptized. And I didn't know what it meant, uh, really, but I just knew that I wanted to be separated from what I was, I was in. So he baptized me in my next-door neighbor's pool. And because um, <laughs> we didn't have a pool. But uh, yeah, they were cool with it because they were actually missionaries from Romania, which is pretty interesting. So from that night forward, though, I just had an inward sense that I am different. I'm a different person. And my friends tried to call me. Even that night, they called me and they said, hey, man, where did you go? You know, what did you do? <laughs> Can we come over, you know, can we come over? And I was like, uh, I don't know. But they, they you know, they, they drove over. Anyways, Pharaoh and his army, Lord Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that they're, you know. <laughs> but uh, they're trying to come, you know. When you make the decision, there he is. Oh, Lord. Okay. So, you know, I really, I actually, as I was studying this, I really enjoyed this verse in Acts 26. Paul says, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. There's the separation. Darkness to light. And from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So baptism, the significance of baptism, the significance of the children of Israel and their leaving Egypt was that they were separated Unto God. They were separated unto God. So I would like to move on to Roman number two, and um, maybe we can all read that. Roman numeral two the fulfillment and reality of baptism. Amen. So we know that um, the children of Israel's. Exodus, that word exodus just means, you know, an exit, an exit, a getting out of Egypt. Um, it was a type. Now, what is a type? Well, I looked it up for us all, for me, okay. Webster's Dictionary says a person, a type is a person or thing symbolizing or exemplifying the ideal or defining characteristic of something. That is the type, and so we have, we have the type of the children's, children of Israel leaving, the, uh, leaving Egypt and going into the wilderness, 
And we see here in 1 Corinthians 10, 1 and 2, Paul says that our fathers were under the, under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now, if this is a, if this is a type, then all these things signify something, okay? All these things that happen, they signify something, okay? What does baptized unto Moses signify? Moses, actually, was a type of Christ. It's incredible. Uh, I remember Tom was talking, I think it was two weeks ago. The disciples, there was two disciples that were walking after the Lord died and he resurrected. And he was, they were walking down to Damascus, I think. No, Emmaus. Emmaus. The Lord joined them on the road to Emmaus. And he spoke to them concerning himself. And if you catch the phrase, it says, um, he started with Moses. I think this is the utterance. He started with Moses. And I can only imagine he was saying, guys, Moses is a type of me. Moses is a type of me. Whatever Moses did, except for a couple of things, is a picture that I am fulfilling right now. So Moses was a type of Christ. He, he led the children of Israel out of, the, uh, out of Egypt, out of tyranny. And this indicates that crossing the Red Sea was a type of baptism because Paul says that they were baptized unto Moses. So <clears throat> baptism involves a, a couple of things. It's a very uh, amazing uh, phenomenon, and it's an amazing event in a person's life because you're baptized unto Christ. They baptized into, actually, you were baptized into Christ. You're baptized into his death. You're baptized into his name, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this type that we see in Exodus, it says that they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud. So in the cloud, if you think about it, it's kind of intangible. Cloud, a cloud is intangible. It's like air. Um, so... We know that the Spirit is intangible. You can't see it, but it's described in the New Testament as pneuma. Actually, that's the word in the Greek. It's pneuma. So the Spirit is the reality of the cloud of which the children of Israel were baptized into. Also, they were baptized into the sea, in the sea, and the sea signifies the death of Christ. Now I wanted to move on to the next point because you see um, with Noah, even before the children of Israel, um, Noah, he was in a situation of where, the, where humanity had been so degraded that the Lord had to send a flood and judge the world. Okay, so the water signifies judging. Water signifies also life in the Gospels, but in this sense, water signifies judging. And so you could say they were death waters because they killed all those inhabited, inhabiting the earth. But Noah and his family, 
actually it says, eight souls were brought safely through by water, which water as the antitype. Also now, there's the, there's the word antitype. Also now saves you. That is baptism. Not a putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the appeal of a good conscience to God. So water, that is baptism. baptism. This indicates that the passing of Noah's ark through the flood was also a type of baptism. They were saved in the ark. And the, the waters judged the earth. So they were saved through, through water. They were brought safely through by water. The ark and through the water. So we have the Passover and the Exodus. You have the ark here in this picture and the water. Noah and all the members of his family were saved from God's judgment and from the evil, corrupt, and condemned world. This is incredible, this picture. So, baptism is to be immersed into Christ. It's, it's to be immersed into the Spirit, into His name. And, uh, and I'd like to say something at the very end here. In Hebrews 11, um, oh yeah, I forgot this. It's to be immersed, it's actually to be placed into the death of Christ. This is what baptism is. In Romans 6.4, we have been buried, therefore, with him through baptism into his death. So this is what, this is the reality of baptism, okay, or, or of the picture of the exodus from Egypt to, uh, through the Red Sea to the wilderness. So let's all read, uh, see together Hebrews 11.29. Ready, set, go. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as through dry land, which the Egyptians attempting to do were swallowed up. Amen. Swallowed up. That's so good. Okay. So um, a lot of people experience uh, the fear of being baptized. I know like a lot of people have this uh, notion that I, I'm just not ready, and um, I don't know what's going to happen when I go into the water. Is there going to be the dove that is, descends on my head? It's just kind of, it's, I, I don't know what's, you know, it's kind of mysterious. But actually, it's, uh, you have this picture in Exodus. Um, the children of Israel were being pursued after by Pharaoh and his armies, or in his army. And... Um, they were actually in fear as well. It says this in the Bible. It says that they were, they were speaking to Moses uh, and crying out. And uh, as I read, Jehovah said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the children of Israel to move forward. This should be our spirit. We need to move forward. And um, this requires faith. And uh, we were talking in our Bible study today with Eduardo. This, this matter of faith is really striking. Actually, faith is just God's appearing to us. He appeared to the children of Israel, and we're, we, we are spontaneously attracted to move forward. Um, faith causes us 
to, it operates in us to move forward, to be baptized, well, firstly, to be saved, to be baptized, and to keep pursuing Christ together. This is what we're doing here, and I hope we would do this for the rest of our life. Okay. So um, I'd just like to say one more thing about um, they passed through the sea, and the Egyptians were attempting to, uh, they attempted to, but they were swallowed up. This signifies that Satan and the evil powers of darkness are attempting to keep us and all those considering being baptized from not being baptized. So we need to be strong and, and believe in the Lord's word to cross over and be the real river crossers. Um, anyways, I just really appreciate this. This is so awesome. Uh, actually, I, Hebrew, the word Hebrew actually means river crossers. So once you um, realize that God's intention is for us to feast on him, serve him, and uh, he appears to us, we become the reality of that name. We become the real Hebrews uh, that the Lord desires to have in this age.